Today on Lockdown Red Wings, what was Joe Valeno doing out there with Team Canada in the World Cup? Also, turmoil in Toronto. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I'm a Daily J. I'm a WWJ new, uh, podcast producer for the Daily J. It's what it's called. I got that one backwards. <laughs> Scotty's the host over at Lockdown Tigers as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Create an account and use code Lockdown NHL for $20 off your first purchase when you use the Game Time app. And today, Scotty, we got two topics of conversation. That we're going to talk about That's four. Well, two in one hand, two in the other. We're not combining them. They're just two separate individual twos. It's very individual twos. Yes. Doing their own thing. Uh, so today's topic is going to be first and foremost, keeping it Red Wings related. What the hell was <coughs> Joe Valeno thinking yeah. uh, with that stomp he did on Nino Niederreiter's leg for Team Switzerland? what back on like Thursday or Friday as when I started seeing it circulate on Twitter Mm -hmm. um, ended up getting a five game suspension for that play. And then we're also going to talk about the firing of Kyle Dubas in Toronto and how there's, there's going to be a major shakeup on that roster and how if Steve Eisman was smart, he'd be picking up the phone and calling Brendan Shanahan. So those are two topics today. We're going to lead off with the Joe Valeno stuff. And I mean, the 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 start of this conversation is pretty simple, Scotty. The question is, what the hell is Joe Valeno thinking? Uh, fantastic question. That I I I uh, I think if I had to try and answer that, which like obviously neither of us are Joe Valeno and have not spoken to Joe Valeno because he has spoken to nobody about the instant instance in incident. incident. Yeah, there you go. Got there eventually. Um, Monday. It's Monday. I, I think my answer would be he wasn't. Like, I that's inexcusable, really, is the word. Like, you 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 absolutely cannot do that. That is a, a absolutely not. There's no reality. There, there's no way to interpret it. There's no angle to look at that's different. There's no, like, no matter how you, you slice it, there is no way that you can watch that video and be like, oh, yeah, like that's – we can find a way to make this excusable. There is none. So I think that my answer to that question would be he wasn't. If he was, that's uh, – I don't even – I don't know. I, I don't even want to like go down the the rabbit hole of like trying to get into his head and what he was going through in that situation. That's something he can only answer. But, um, I mean, pretty – pretty brutal and and like awful thing to watch over the weekend. And he's suspended for the remainder of the tournament. He's got five games. Yeah. So yeah. And it could uh, be, it could carry over if Canada is eliminated early. Right. Obviously if they, right. If they, if they go home earlier, which is Canada. So odds of that are probably relatively slim, but if they are eliminated earlier, yeah, he, I could, I could carry over into, uh, into whatever is is next for him on Canada, but it's it's 
not not a great look certainly for Valeno, which there's no denying. But uh, I, I you you can't bl- honestly. I, I was shocked it wasn't even a little bit more. I thought five games was even. I don't want to say light, but I was expecting more. Um, and there's no way you can say that what he got isn't very deserved. Yeah, it, it's a really interesting situation because my first reaction when I heard that he had done that was, what? Joe Valeno did what? Because it's so out of character for him. Yeah. Like, so out of character because he's never shown to be, like, a goon type or, like, to have that, unless I'm misremembering, but he's never shown to be short-tempered and make ill decisions like that in the past. And it, it had me watching the replay over and over and over again trying to figure out if maybe the stomp wasn't the intent. It was just like a accidental result. Like I was trying to rationalize it as a Red Wings fan. Like, is there a way, is there a pathway where this was not what he was trying to do? Was he trying to get his foot in front of Niederreiter to get like, you know, a better position on, uh, in the puck battle? Like those are things that I was going through. And after watching it umpteenth million of times, I couldn't, I couldn't do that because it looked fully intentional. he, brought his skate up and first made contact with the shin and shin down to the skate. And it's, yeah. it's just, what the hell was he thinking? Because that's such a, people have short fuses and I didn't even see anything in that play that would have set him off. So you can't, it's hard to even play the, like something set him off and he made a dumb decision while he was angry. They were in the corner battling for the puck and out of nowhere in the midst of the puck battle, he just stomped on Niederreiter's leg. So, Without a doubt, it's absolutely inexcusable. And when you're in the position that Joe Valeno is, when you're trying to get your career off the ground, like you're not an established player in this league yet. Like you're not to the caliber where you can ride out this five-game suspension and you'll immediately get another invite. Like him being on Team Canada was a surprise. Mm-hmm. Him, He was doing pretty well in the exhibition games, not the exhibition games, around Robin games to this point as well. So, but he's not an established enough player that he can survive a suspension. Like it's five game suspension, which like you were saying, Scotty could theoretically carry him to the end of the tournament. If team Canada either makes the bronze medal game or the gold medal game. But if the team Canada is eliminated early, that suspension is going to carry over. Now, what I don't know is if that, if he is serving that suspension, if he's not on the team, I would imagine not. So what this does is if the team, if team Canada is eliminated early, and he never establishes himself as one of the best Canadian hockey players in the game, he'll never get another invite to a Team Canada again because of the fact that they'll know he'll have to serve one or two more games and they can't afford to have one of their players out that long. He might have just ended his international career with the IIHF with that yes. stomp. And there That's are arguments point. to be made. And and there, I've seen it on Twitter, Scotty, and I'm sure you have. Are you, People have been saying that it should end his IIHF career. Like I've seen people saying that the Red Wings should punish him. And I, I, I don't know. I, I hesitate when it gets to that point. Like people have been throwing out lifetime bans, but these are people on the internet. You know how reactionary they are. It was a bad look for Joe Valeno. It was not, you cannot be doing that. And thankfully Nito Ryder is okay. That's so the biggest thing. Yeah. It's it, it, the biggest thing is that he's okay. And he didn't come away injured. In fact, he, he gave a couple shots deservedly. So to Joe Valeno after yeah. it was over. Um, but like if he had done damage to Nita Ryder, like that would have been it. Well, that's the, like this, 
yeah, if, if he's hurt, this is an even more sour conversation. Like this is even a, a more difficult conversation to have if if we're talking about him doing that and then resulting in a in a like massive injury or something like that. So thankfully, that's not the case just for the the, the health of of everybody. But um, yeah, like it's it's really impossible to just like look the other way or be like, oh, no big deal or or, or whatnot, right? Like. I don't know. The hits are argued all the time, and there and there's stuff that that's argued all the time in hockey about like oh, like intention, dirty or clean, whatever. Like this is one that didn't even happen on the Red Wings watch, and we're spending an entire segment talking about it. Like it's impossible it's, to just look the other way and just not bring it up. You know what I mean? Like that's how that's how egregious too, right? it was. Like it's the thing though that impresses me about the situation is if this were, and I, I fully unironically believe this, if this had happened in the NHL, I don't even know if he would have gotten suspended because the NHL is so like they, they base their punishments on what happens to the player. Yeah. If the player's hurt, then they'll do a suspension oh, with Nita sure. not being hurt. Like would he have gotten more than the maximal maximum allowable fine under the CBA $5,000? Like, Five games is, especially in a tournament where you don't play a lot of games, is a heavy fine. So I respect yeah. the hell out of the IIHF as yeah, much same. as corrupt as the IIHF is. Like they've got a ton of and, for and sure they have a all, ton of issues. Yeah. It's all political at the top and how everything works out with them. But they take their player safety seriously. So I respect the hell out of them bringing the hammer down to Valeno. And I'm with you that I'm surprised it was that much. Like I'm surprised it wasn't like ten games or something like that. Well, because that's I think such a because they don't Sorry, care about you off, you're but. good. I was just going to finish up with saying I, I, they don't care about whether or not a player gets injured. They care about the intent behind the play and the danger of the play. Right. And and so my thought was if they were to give him 10, then the conversation you have had earlier would have been not even a, maybe it would have been true. His mm-hmm. international career in the, in that tourney would have been 100% over if he would have gotten, I think honestly, putting it at five is like right on the <laughs> right. Like the cost yeah. because he, he, if Canada continues to advance and goes deep into this, that could only be like this tournament or maybe one game left over or whatever. Um, so I, I think if he would have gotten more than five, I mean, genuinely it, it probably would have spelled the end barring, you know, obviously a, a massive uptick in production from him at, at the NHL level or whatnot. But yeah, man, real like frustrating to see like somebody, that uh, again, as you said, has like no history of that kind of stuff, at least to our knowledge. I, I, I don't recall uh, a history of like dirty or, or, you know, like malicious intent plays like that. But that one's like impossible to deny. There's no like, oh, it, you know, he could have been doing this or could have been doing this. Like that, that's it's pretty as, as blatant as it gets, unfortunately. Absolutely. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I have one more comment on Joe Valeno. Then we're going to talk about the Toronto Maple Leaf situation. <clears throat> but first, I got to talk to you guys today about the Game Time app. If you're tired of using other services that sell tickets and you're tired of all the fees and the runaround that they have and the could you billion different ways you got to go to send the tickets to your friend, it's a pain in the butt to get all that done. You got to check out Game Time. Game Time is the place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, etc., etc. They got everything, guys. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less. Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. That's more than 110, 100%, guys. 
at least to my knowledge, I think 110 is bigger than 100. Uh, it's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. And you buy those tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. And they're sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag those tickets without the stress using Game Time. Download the app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code LOCKDOWNNHL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Segment two, Locked on Red Wings podcast. Scotty and I are talking about the Joe Valeno situation. The thing I want to end on with Joe Valeno is kind of a, a, a more optimistic note regarding it because I'm seeing a ton of knee-jerk reaction online. Um, and to an extent, I understand it, but people call on, like, for lifetime vans from international play. Uh, some people even saying, like, the Red Wings should consider cutting him altogether. I, I hesitate to go that far. He is a young kid who made an egregiously stupid, inexcusable mistake. But as we have both stated to this point, he doesn't have a history of this kind of behavior. He's not a dirty player. He made a dirty play that they're not synonymous. I, he, he made, he's a young player who made a really dumb, dirty ma- mistake, but that does not immediately make him a dirty player. If this is the only thing in his entire career that he does dirty, he's not a dirty player but he needs an opportunity to redeem himself. He needs to show, like, I believe in growth as a person. I believe in not immediately saying this person is trash because they make one mistake. And I think part of this, and I'll admit it, maybe part of my opinion on this is skewed by the fact that Nino Ryder, Nino, Nino Ryder was not injured. If he was injured, maybe my tune's a little bit changed. I'll admit that. But as it stands right now, he's a young kid who made a dumb, dumb mistake, but still has a ton of career ahead of him to prove that that's not who he is. So while he's gotten his suspension, he's gotten his punishment from here on out is an opportunity for growth for Joe Valeno. So I think that this is just where he's going to have to, I one, I want to hear what he has to say. I want to hear what he, what he was going through his mind. And I want to hear, you know, I want to hear him be apologetic because you can't do that. Right. It's unacceptable. But I also want to see, a track record of this not being who he is. And we've seen it already in two years at the NHL level. We've, I barely seen Joe Valeno ever do something dirty or never, except for this one off weird occasion. So I, I'm prepared to like give him a second opportunity. And I think that players deserve a second opportunity, especially when it's just one off opportunity uh, uh, occasions like this. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I think that uh, the, the biggest thing, in there, my point was going to be that I just want to hear him speak. Yeah. I, I just want to hear from Valeno and and hear uh, either a, a, an apology or like a I messed up type of quote or well, and rather just Maybe. like talk about what you were thinking, <laughs> like what what could have possibly been going through your, your, your mind there, because everyone knows that that is around the game of hockey or not, you watch that clip. There's nobody walking away from that going like, Oh yeah. Like that's probably allowed in this sport. You wear knives on your feet, right? (laughs) Yeah. Like you can't use the blade as a weapon, man. So um, yeah, just not, uh, not, not great. I like, I know we've said that a lot already, but uh, the biggest thing is just, I want to hear from him. That's really all, uh, all that I'm looking for next is I, I want some, uh, I, I want some. I want him to face the music and and uh, answer some some questions about it. And then 
uh, I, yeah, I'm completely with you on the rest of it. If it's a one-off thing and he goes the rest of his career without anything like that, then, then, you know, it was just a, a then it was just that a one-off thing, I guess. Absolutely. Agree. Uh, let's transition now. Let's talk about this Toronto situation. I mentioned at the start of the show, but Kyle Dubas and the Toronto Maple Leafs parted ways this last week. And originally I tweeted out that it felt like a scapegoat thing where the team that performs fantastic in the regular season, no shows in the playoffs, the GMs to blame, even though, you know, at a certain point, the players have to just get the job done themselves. I mean, if you can get over a hundred points in the regular season, like, but I mean, there is something to be said about the fact that Dubas never really solved their defensive issue and that um, the goaltending never really improved in his tenure. So, they parted ways. And at first, like I said, I thought it was scapegoatish. Come to find out that Dubas changed agents and was basically trying to get a lot more money from Brendan Shanahan and then also held a media availability against Shanahan's wishes. So that changed Shanahan's thinking. Because remember, guys, Shanahan's the hockey operations president. He's the actual guy running the show. Yeah. Dubas was the general manager, but Shanahan was his boss. So Shanahan fired him essentially is what has happened. Well, there Toronto, even before that was in an interesting situation where they have zero cap space. Granted, they have a bunch of free agents coming up in this upcoming uh, period here, this off season, but they're all guys who make a little bit amount of money. You have Austin Matthews with 14% Tavares with 13% Marner with 13% Nylander with eight and a half percent. The, of of the cap eaten up amongst those four, not counting the 9% that Morgan Riley and 6% that TJ Brody have on the defensive side of things. They have like six players eating up half of their cap. It's, it's they're too front loaded. They're going to have to offload. And I think the firing of Dubas signals a major shakeup coming to that roster because Scotty, this, this last playoff loss proves yet again that, they have got to address their biggest needs, which is defense and goaltending. And they cannot do that in the cap hell that they currently are in. So pick up the phone and call Brennan Shanahan, Stevie. Yeah. Well, that's, I think that that's a situation. Not only the other 31 GMs are all going to be very closely watching, but I think that's a situation that really, all of North America is going to be watching very intently all the whole world, you know, is going to be watching like that, what Toronto does and where they really go from here, just the, the consistent and I mean, it's, it's almost guaranteed at this point, just like the letdown in the playoffs. And as you said, they're, they're big. They have a such a prolific offense year in and year out and their biggest needs continue to be defensive depth and just, Honestly, a lick of goaltending uh, yeah. would, would be really great for them on a consistent basis and something that they haven't been able to get. So if the firing of their GM is to lead to with uh, multiple dudes that are free agents after this upcoming season, uh, if this leads to a potential, hey, we're going to trade some of our upcoming UFAs for some help in our team needs, Anything from that all the way to like complete and utter teardown that some people are throwing out there and, and like everything in between as well. It really is such a fascinating situation, which is why we're, we're spending a whole lot of time talking about so, it. Today. So let me ask you this then, if you're Steve Eisman 
and you see that they have to offload one of these guys because Austin Matthews contract is up at the end of next season. Right. And you assume they're going to want to sign a generational goal scorer long term to keep their window open for as long as possible. They cannot do that because he will become that highest paid player in hockey when that happens. Yeah. So he'll be making 13, 14, 15 million dollars, especially as the cap goes up another like five million next offseason, yeah. supposedly at least. They're going to need to offload one of these guys more than likely. I mean, it is possible to circumvent the cap in this league. We've seen that with Vegas, Chicago, and Tampa Bay back when you know their windows were open. I mean, obviously Vegas is still in it right now, but it it's in their best interest. And maybe I'm a little biased as a Red Wings fan wanting to take some of those assets, <laughs> but it's in their best interest to offload one of those guys so they have the cap space to re-sign Matthews. And re and shore up their defense and goaltending, which they have yet to do. I mean, we've seen time and time again teams that are front heavy don't seem to win the cup. It didn't hasn't worked with Edmonton and it hasn't worked with Toronto. Meanwhile, super well rounded teams are the ones winning the cup. Colorado offense offense was great, defense was great. Tampa Bay was one of the most well rounded teams in the NHL. Toronto's super top heavy. So my yeah. question to you, Scotty, is do you call Brendan Shanahan if you're Steve Eisman and ask about Nylander? Marner or even Matthews because there's rumors that he was really tight with Dubas and he's upset that Dubas is being got canned so he might want out if you're Eiserman do you call about one of these guys or you kick the can kick the tire on all three well I'm (laughs) kick the tire right on anybody yeah they should I I do have one one of the three of them that I think is much more likely than the other two you want me to save it for segment three? Yeah, that was all right. the goal there. Awesome. So we'll get to that in segment three, so stay tuned to Lockdown Red Wings. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We're talking about the Toron- turmoil in Toronto. Scotty, you we're going to lead on with your next point here. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I think that... Look, you're not going to not kick the tires on Matthews. like that, And that kick the tires doesn't mean even offer anything, right? That just means ask about it. Like, there's no way you're not – honestly, there's no way 31 GMs are going to ask about Austin Matthews. You know what I mean? Like, that's that, that would be a league-changing, league-altering type of, uh, of move, like wherever he would end up. So, like uh, – and I – honestly, I think that they're just going to pony up and give him the money and that he's going to end up staying there. But you're going to kick the tires on him. I think the one that is the most enticing, just for the sake of possibility-ness, because that's a word, I think the one that that everybody is going to look at, um, just because I, I think that it is possible for Toronto to trade him, get the assets they want in return, and still field a long-term competitive roster is... Nylander just because he's a UFA after next season right so like he has one year under contract left in Toronto if they don't move him they are going to have to find a way to then pay him and Austin Matthews in in the same offseason which is an unbelievable next to impossible ask unless Obviously, they go and they trade like Marner this season and then honestly, probably someone else as well. Like their their cap situation is just so tricky. So it's going to have to be one of them. If you trade Marner, you're getting rid of 
what, almost 11 mil the next two years? Yeah, he's making about 11 mil the next two years. The problem with all three of these guys is they all have... So, Nylander has a modified no-trade clause for next year. Nylander's Matthews at seven. Like, he, he's going to... And he just had a 40-goal season. Like, he, yes. you're, you're, that's... You're not just getting him back for the same cap that you're already back against the wall, and you're going to have to pay him more. You're going yeah. to have to to give him more money and give a raise to Austin Matthews, who's already making eleven six. I think Nylander is 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 the one that is See, the most feasible for other teams to poach because you, they'd still get a great return for him, obviously. The teams that trade for him can then try and extend him right away, which is presumably what the Wings would do with their cap room if they were to make a run at him. And they could get assets to fill in their holes and still maintain their competitive window because they would still have Tavares, Marner, and and then presumably Matthews. Yeah, and so that's the thing too, right? It's about the return as well. What are you going to have to give up? Nylander is – they're all right in their primes, 25-26. Like, right around Dylan Larkin's age. Matthews is younger than Dylan Larkin, which is crazy. Nylander just had a 40-goal season, which you've already said, 87 points in 82 games. Marner's coming off a 99-point season, which he had 30 goals and 69 assists. And Matthews, his goal scoring was down this year, and that means he only scored 40 goals. Right. He had 40 goals and 45-point assists for 85 points. Last year, he had 60 goals and 46 assists for 106 points. Honestly, I, I don't even think it's about... You talk about affordability. The, the Red Wings are in a unique spot where they have $30 million in cap space. Every single one of these guys is affordable for them. Yeah. The problem becomes, and every single one of these guys would immediately make the team better. Like immediately open up a window. If, if you're asking me for sure, the problem becomes what you'd have to give up because especially if you're trying to go after a generational talent, like Matthews, you Nobody is untouchable. It's gonna be nobody is. <laughs> yeah. And if you're if you're the Toronto Maple Leafs and your biggest weakness is defense, I mean, they're probably gonna be asking for somebody like Edvin Sinner, even Cider. Here's my thing. And this is high, true, purely hypothetical. And also remember, this is in division too. So when you make a trade in division, yeah. you're gonna be giving up more because you're gonna have to face that player that you're trading away. That's just how the politics of the NHL works. Teams don't like trading in division. If you trade for hypothetically, it'll never happen. But if it's Matthews, I'm sorry, you're you're gonna have to be okay with giving up Moritz Cider. I'm not advocating it, but that is realistically what they'd ask back. I mean, you're trading; they're trading away a generational goal scorer. Yeah. And if they're asking back an all-star caliber defenseman, that's just fair. You're gonna have to give up a lot for any one of these players. But I think more than anything, it'd be Austin Matthews, which is probably why it's not feasible. And it's not feasible because the, the Leafs aren't going to give up on him unless he wants to leave. Correct. If he wants to leave, that changes. But if, assuming he wants to stay, he's never leaving. Mar- sure. That's why Marner and Nylander, like you were saying, are the most realistic. And as you've already stated, about $7 million for Nylander, one more year on, year on that deal, deal. And Marner, about $11 million with two years left on that deal. Both of them probably are going to get a pay raise when their contracts are up. They're both right-handed shooting wingers, like goal-scoring wingers that shoot right, which is really needed on the Red Wings. I, I'd be fine giving up like multiple firsts and a high-end prospect for either one of these dudes. The only person that's going to be the price, 
And the only person that's untouchable, in my opinion, for Marner or Nylander is Cider. Like, and like Larkin, obviously. But like Larkin's not going anywhere. Yeah, he's got a no trade anyway, so it's not it's not gonna happen. That's yeah. But the only person when it comes to Marner and Nylander that's untouchable is like Cider. I I I'd give up. I'd give up whatever, you know, like <laughs> that's no, I, the, team I, I, the I, goal I, story. I'm right there with you. I think it, when it when it comes to acquiring uh when it comes to acquiring either of those guys, the the only two people that are not gonna be brought to the table are Cider and, and, and Larkin. That's yeah. it. Um, and that's the, the price that it, it, you're going to have to pay. And we, we've talked a lot, man. Like we've talked a lot about how this, uh, how important this off season is, how the free agent class isn't like the strongest free agent class in the world. You're not going to get a uh, goal score at the NHL level in the draft, like in this draft immediately for this upcoming season. Like I'm not saying that it has to be these two necessarily, right? There's a lot of, we already talked about Connor and Winnipeg. Like there's a lot of situations in the NHL to acquire goal scoring, but these are the conversations that we're already having because this team desperately needs a goal scorer. And depending on what happens in Toronto, these could be two or even three more that really open up. Well, and these conversations are fascinating because the Red Wings are in a really unique situation where they have a lot, they're, their war chest is full, as they like to say on the radio. You know, they have high-end prospects. Right. They have a lot of draft picks. You know, they have guys who have shown real talent at the NHL level already, and they have a crap ton of cap space. The Red Wings are in a position where they're trying to take a leap to make their team better now, and they have the assets to do it if they so choose. If I'm the Red Wings, and I'm an impatient NHL fan, I'm an impatient Red Wings fan, so, like, I'm saying do it. Like, just take the, just take the leap of faith. Cause you can't, you cannot get stuck in that, that, that frothy middle. You can't yeah. get stuck there. You got to make the, you don't want to be the Minnesota wild where best case scenario is you make a first round appearance and get eliminated in six games. Like that's, that's not where you want to be. You want to be a team that can make deep runs and win a Stanley cup. And that's where some people are going to push back that Marner and Nylander and Matthews, all three of those guys disappear in the playoffs. And that's a fair criticism. I mean, that's your, their core four, right? With Tavares yeah. included is those guys. And, they haven't shown up in the playoffs. That is completely fair criticism, which is why I think originally I thought the firing of Dubis was a little bit knee-jerky because of the fact that those are the four guys that showed up all season long and then stopped. That's not Dubis's fault. They stopped scoring all of a sudden. They couldn't rise to the occasion. But my response to that criticism is this. When you're a team that's not making the playoffs, you can't criticize players who don't score in the playoffs if you're not there. Like, if if the if these guys carry the Red Wings to the playoffs, that's a win. Like that is a win. We'll, we'll cross <laughs> that bridge next off season right. when we're a playoff team and have another off season to play with. Yeah, if Marner's in a Red Wings jersey and he doesn't put up five goals in or any goals in a series, then that's a conversation to be have had then. But guess what? They'll have made it to the playoffs. Right. So it's all relative. It's a, it's a fascinating conversation because obviously there's the connection between. Iserman and Shanahan, they played together on Stanley Cup uh, teams with the Detroit Red Wings. So you hope that maybe that relationship, they they have some conversations. I'm sure they will. Iserman yeah, does, does his due diligence. Definitely will have conversations. It's just a matter of how serious any of them get. Yeah, exactly. But also, like, it's in division, and nobody really knows what's happening in Toronto. They're poised for a real roster shakeup. But how many years have we heard this type of conversation happen, and then nothing changes? Yeah. 
like not even just regarding with Toronto, just in teams in the NHL where it's like, sure. so-and-so is going to have a roster shakeup and then. For I, sure. It's fun. I, I love talking about Toronto as much as because I hate them so much because I dislike the Maple Leafs to such an extreme. I love talking about them, which I know is kind of like convoluted and contradictory. Uh, contradictory. Is that a word? Contradictory. Yeah, but like, I don't know what you're contradicting yourself of. Well, it's like, I don't like the Leafs, so I talk about them all the time. Oh, you know? I mean, yeah, I guess. You're just yeah. being a fan. It's all right. I, I love I love hockey. I love hockey. All right. Um, any final thoughts? Got to stop myself from rambling. We ball. We do ball. Fun episode. Um, well, the second half was fun. Yeah. First half was like, 15 minutes of fun, 15 <laughs> minutes of not fun. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back with a new episode tomorrow, so stay tuned for that. Same time, same place. Your team. Every day.